0: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
1: Hi, I'm Adam Berkman, and today we're making a wet-aged venison roast. This recipe was created by field staff writer John Vial. He writes... I removed a vacuum sealed bottom round roast from the freezer from the buck my wife harvested this past fall and allowed it to thaw in the refrigerator. I planned to wet age the roast for about 28 days, removing the meat every two weeks or so to drain any blood before resealing. This process allows enzymes to break down connective tissue while vacuum sealing removes oxygen which can increase bacterial growth and can lead to spoilage. When the roast was finally ready to hit the smoker, mother nature had other plans. By the time the weather had improved, the roast had aged an extra week and was around 35 days. The combination of the tacticalories rub and sauce I used to season it were delicious and the roast was tender as any backstrap I've ever eaten. The dusted roasted potatoes and steamed broccoli on the side were the perfect complement. Thanks John. Aging meat can really make a difference in the flavor and tenderness of the end product, but how does it work? Well, there are two ways to properly age meat, wet aging and dry aging. Both of these processes rely on microbes and enzymes to start breaking down muscle fibers and connective tissues, which tenderizes the meat. Today we're going to focus on wet aging. Any beef you purchase at the grocery store has probably been wet aged to some degree. The process works best with hearty red meats like beef and lamb, and less so with things like pork and chicken, though even these meats still get aged to a small degree. To commercially wet age, animals get broken down into large subprimal cuts like loin, tenderloin, sirloin, rounds, etc. and get vacuum sealed into plastic bags. Those bags are refrigerated at a temperature below 41 degrees Fahrenheit for a minimum of 5 days, up to 14 days, and in rare cases, sometimes for much longer. The meat sits in its own juices where endogenous proteolytic enzymes begin breaking down and weakening the structural protein fibers in the meat. Much of what we do to meat before eating is actually meant to break down these tough fibers in order to make the meat more easily digestible. We may marinate the meat, using acids to break down those fibers, allowing time for the acids to denature and unravel the protein strands holding the meat together. Left for too long, an acidic marinade will actually leave your meat mushy and basically partially digested. Baking soda in a velveting marinade will also change the composition of meat fibers, as well as any acidic dairy products. Some marinades will use ingredients like pineapple juice or other fruits like kiwi, papaya, or figs, which have their own enzymes that will actively break down meat fibers, much like acid does. We also use salt brines on meat, which act to dissolve the meat protein myosin, breaking down the meat fibers and making it more tender, while simultaneously seasoning the meat from the inside out. Cooking itself is a great way to break down meat fibers and connective tissues, making the meat more tender and easier to digest. From there, our own bodies kick in, our teeth masticating meat and breaking down fibers, and then our stomach acids help activate digestive enzymes like pepsin, which further break down meat proteins. So you see, it's all about breaking down meat fibers, and aging is where that all begins. Wet aging can do a fair job at it, and the industry likes it because it can be done quickly, can happen during transport, and because there is no weight loss during the process. Because of this, wet-aged meat tends to be considerably cheaper than dry-aged. There are a couple drawbacks as consumers though. Wet-aged meat has an environment where lactobacilli, the same bacteria that sours fermented foods, can flourish, which will sometimes leave a sour tang to the meat. When I used to work for a butcher, we'd often open up several vacuum-sealed pieces of meat which had been wet-aging, and invariably about 1 out of 5 or so would smell a bit sour. There's nothing wrong inherently with meat like this, but it isn't ideal. Even those pieces of meat that didn't develop lactobacilli all have an insipid and slightly metallic flavor to them. Since most of us only eat wet-aged meats these days, we've come to associate this flavor with all meat, and that's not really the case. When given a dry-aged steak or some wild game, many find the flavors to be overwhelming compared to grocery store meat, which has simply been wet-aged. Still, wet-aging does make meat slightly tastier and more tender than if eaten fresh, and it definitely benefits from it. You can also wet-age meat at home, like John did with his venison roast. This is a great way to tenderize your game, particularly if you happen to have harvested an older and tougher specimen and don't have space to do dry-aging. You can also take it way longer than the usual five to 10 days that commercial meat gets wet-aged for. If wet-aging commercial meat, Simply purchase a subprimal cut that has been cryovac sealed in plastic. You can buy pieces of meat like this straight from the butcher or even from places like Costco which will often sell them like that in the cooler. This won't work with a piece of meat that's been plastic wrapped on styrofoam, only pieces that are still in their original packaging. Measure the temperature in your fridge to ensure that it remains around 35 degrees Fahrenheit. This is important. Place the beef in the fridge without taking it out of the bag. Make sure that bag is well sealed and there aren't any holes. Flip it over once every few days and check to make sure that the bag is still sealed. You can leave the meat to age for 20 to 60 days. The meat will probably smell a little funky when you open it and that's normal. If the smell doesn't go away and is really assaulting your nose, then something may have gone wrong. You may need to dispose of the meat. Usually, this will only occur if there is a break in the seal and oxygen has entered the bag. The meat should be quite a bit more tender than when you purchased it, though there won't be too much of a difference in flavor. If wet aging wild game like deer, elk, moose, or bear, you'll want to go with only the cuts that you plan on grilling or smoking. These cuts are usually the loins or backstraps and cuts from the hindquarters like sirloin or round. If you plan on slow cooking or stewing the meat, there's absolutely no reason to wet age as cooking will do the tenderizing for you and there will be no drastic difference in flavor. Same goes for the age of the animal you're working with. A very young buck or doe probably doesn't need much aging, where an old tough buck could use any tenderization possible. You're going to want to debone the meat and break it down into large pieces. Make sure you're working in a very clean environment so that you don't introduce any bacteria or molds to the meat. Pat completely dry and be sure to remove any trace of hair or debris. Next, vacuum seal the meat and check to be absolutely sure that it is sealed properly. Transfer the sealed meat to a 35 degree refrigerator and keep it in there, flipping every few days for as long as you'd like to age it. Cuts like a loin probably won't need as much time as shoulder or hindquarter cuts since they're already more tender to begin with. Some recommend leaving the meat undisturbed in the bag for the entire process, while others, like John, prefer to take the meat out every week or two and pat dry before resealing. The reason for this is to reduce any gamey flavors that the meat may hold. For most animals, this probably isn't necessary, but for an old rutting buck or an animal with a strongly flavored diet it may be beneficial to remove some of the off flavors by doing this. Danielle Pruitt from The Meteor Crew also recommends dry aging the piece of meat on a rack in the fridge for about 24 hours before sealing it to wet age. This allows some of the excess juices to drip out before sealing them all in and could work to further reduce any off flavors. You may just have to experiment to see which way you prefer. From there you're going to want to age the meat from 1 to 4 weeks, then enjoy it as is or you can freeze it for later. Those of you who are more scientifically minded could conduct an experiment, vacuum sealing 4 similar pieces of meat from the same cut, then eat one a week, taking notes and seeing how much the wet aging process makes a difference in flavor and in tenderness. You can also vacuum seal your wild game in larger pieces and then freeze them immediately, From there, you can take the frozen meat out of the freezer, put it in the fridge where you can let it age for a couple weeks. Just be sure that the seal hasn't broken in the freezing and storing process. Know that if the meat has been frozen for a long time, the quality may already be compromised due to freezer burn, so it's probably better to wet age frozen meat that hasn't spent too long in the freezer. In the end, wet aging may not have as much going for it as dry aging, which I'll get to in another episode. But it does have its benefits. It'll make your meat more tender and is way easier and safer to do than dry aging. It's definitely a technique that belongs in every hunter's repertoire and it can transform your venison into a more pleasing product, just like John's venison roast. Ingredients 1 boneless venison round or shoulder roast. 1 Tacticalories prime rib kit this includes Carver's Prime Rub, Blackberry Merlot Glaze and Dipping Sauce, Rosemary and Garlic Dust. You could also use any good rub, like Harvest Nature's Big Game Blend. One Tacticalories Veggie Dust. Four to five Potatoes Cubed. One Pound of Broccoli. To Prepare. To wet-age the venison, start by placing a vacuum-sealed roast in the refrigerator for at least 28 days. Check the roast every week and once you begin to see an accumulation of blood, cut the bag open, drain the blood, and re- reseal the bag. Continue this process for at least four weeks. After aging, remove the roast, season it liberally with Carver's Prime Rub, apply a light loaf of olive oil, and let it rest on the counter. Start your pellet grill and set it to 400 degrees Fahrenheit. Drizzle some olive oil over the cut up potatoes, sprinkle them liberally with rosemary and garlic dust and toss to evenly coat. Spread the potatoes on an oiled sheet pan and place them in the smoker for about 45 minutes until they are fork tender. Give them a final dusting of seasoning when they are done. Once the roast has come to room temperature, place it on the pellet smoker. The goal is to give the roast a nice reverse sear by first cooking it on the pellet grill until it hits an internal temperature of around 110 degrees Fahrenheit. After removing the roast from the smoker, give it a quick sear on all sides and remove it when it hits an internal temperature of 130 degrees Fahrenheit, which should only take a few minutes. Allow it to rest on a cutting board for 10 minutes before slicing. Drizzle the slices with warm blackberry merlot dipping sauce and serve with roasted potatoes and steamed broccoli. Enjoy! For more great wild fishing and game recipes, be sure to subscribe and follow Antler and Finn.